I V M. If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policy Genius's award winning service has a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories, India's very own travel podcast, where each week we discuss the story of travelers in their own words and relive their experiences with you, our listeners. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of the Musafir Stories. Hope you're all well and gearing up for the Festival of Lights. Wish you all a very, very happy Deepavali. Before we jump on with the episode, a quick shout out to some of our listeners who have taken time out to write to us. Monica, Meenal, Sadhna, Swarupa, Deepti, Nisha, Preetam and Grishma. Thank you so much for all the love and support guys. Also, a big thank you to Anuj Agarwal and Feedspot for including the podcast in the list of top 15 travel podcasts in India. Thanks a lot, Anuj. Finally, it gives us a great honor to be giving the shout out to Cry, that's Child Rights and You, on the occasion of this Children's Day. To celebrate this Children's Day month, become a Yellow Fellow, a campaign by Cry to raise awareness for every child's right to a happy childhood. All you have to do is use yellow props, say like a yellow sock or a yellow tie, in creative and quirky ways. And just post your photo to Facebook or Instagram with the hashtag Yellowfellow. So what are you waiting for, Yellowfellow? Go ahead and join the movement for India's underprivileged children who need us now more than ever. As for today's episode, we take you to God's own country. So let's jump onto the episode and find out more. So with that introduction, I'd love to welcome Nishu Barolia, who blogs under the handle tandtravelgirl.com. Nishu, thank you so much for being a part of the Musafir Stories and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So such a pleasure to talk to you today. It's our pleasure too. We've been following your work for a while and uh, yeah, been blown away by a lot of the brilliant blog posts that you've done and uh, we were very eager to have you on the podcast as well, Nishu. But before we get into specifics, why don't you speak a little bit more about yourself and uh, your blog and your journey? 
yeah uh, so uh, traveling for me was not something which i've been doing from childhood like a lot of people uh, for me it was just restricted to you know going to my uh, maternal or paternal grandparents and uh, then just coming back home and going to uh, get to the normal mm-hmm. life and i was always asked to you know kind of study and do good and get a good job etc like most of us have been told by our parents but uh, uh, you know when i got my first job i moved to chennai and uh, uh, and it so happened that i went on my first trip with a friend to western ghats and that was the first time i saw the mountains and i realized that i've been missing so much in life you know there's so much to mm-hmm. see and the, all the beauty around us all the nature around us and we're just we just hold a tiny place in the beautiful universe and uh, that was the beginning of my travel expedition and uh, uh, from that time i've just been going to different places trying to see a uh, different thing every time and uh, you know figure out more terms of experiences and not just going to a place for two days and coming back or rather live the life like a local and explore the place from a local's eyes thank you for that quick introduction issue and uh, really looking forward to where you're going to take us to today so without much ado uh, why don't you tell us where uh, you'd be taking us and our listeners to So since my travel journey started from the southern part of India let me take you to one of the very beautiful places in South India mm-hmm. uh from the god's own country Kerala I'm going to take you guys to Valkala today uh one of the favorite backpackers destination in India Absolutely like you said uh, one of the favorite favorite uh, backpackers destinations and um it's also a very I guess a darling destination of uh, a lot of the international tourists that uh, fly down to India or uh, come down to India right yeah. uh, so really looking forward to that and uh, why Varkala is there anything beyond uh, just the fact that it's uh, in nestled in god's own country and um, has some beautiful beaches uh, so it is that part of kerala which is uh, which actually has been uh, out of uh, travelers eyes for some time and now has picked up in tour- in terms of tourism and also because uh, the kind of beaches it has like you know kerala and uh, the entire south india has many beautiful beaches but i've never seen mm-hmm. a beach with a cliff like you have cliff or uh, uh, you know brown and red cliff and the beaches below that and that was the first thing i i really loved about kerala and that is why it's a very beautiful destination for any travelers to be in the bucket list of every travelers Indeed, indeed, and uh, just in terms of orientation, right? Uh, could you also help us out in uh, telling where Varkala is situated, uh, even in even in Kerala specifically? Yeah, sure. So uh, Kerala is basically divided into two parts, south and north. And uh, while north is a lot more known for the rituals and uh, the uh, the authentic uh, uh, tradition and experiences like uh, Thayyam and Kannur, the south part of Kerala is mm-hmm. more in terms of uh, beaches and backwaters. It's more more about nature. So Varkala is uh, situated in south of Kerala, and uh, it is very close to Trivandrum, the capital city of Kerala. Yep. Exactly. So pretty close to uh, Trivandrum, I guess about forty forty five kilometers from there, and uh, also the second um, biggest town after Trivandrum, right in that district. Uh, so that's where it is situated uh, geographically. And like you mentioned, um, a standout or a unique feature of Varkala is that uh, I know Kerala has a lot of beautiful beaches, but these cliff uh, beaches, right, or the cliffs on the beaches that uh, you mentioned the red and the brown cliffs um, these are apparently um, called as the varkala or the varkali formation and uh, they date back to 
the Cenozoic age is what I understand, <laughs> which means it's like about 66 million years ago, uh, right, is when that era started. Uh, so really uh, significant from a geological perspective as well. Um, that's why Varkala has been uh, called out and listed as a UNESCO geo-heritage site, just as we have um, the other uh, heritage sites around the world, right? Uh, this one is a geo-heritage site. So that's why I thought it was great that um, it would be like a real crown in the jewel, right? Uh, we cover so many different places, but uh, this one has a significance even from a geological perspective. Um, so really looking forward to that. Now, also before we kind of get into the meat of the discussion, which will be focused on the beaches, obviously, uh, quickly wanted to call out a couple of uh, historical anecdotes about Varkala as well. Nisho, I don't know if uh, you got a chance to kind of touch upon these, but uh, there's a couple of uh, really beautiful lores and legends around this. Uh, one of them, obviously, is uh, associated to uh, Sage Narada or Narada Muni, right? Uh, he um, apparently it was like a, the one one of the stories goes that Narada, who's the son of uh, Lord Brahma, right? Uh, he kind of uh, was approached by a few pilgrims who had sinned and they asked for their sins to be like pardoned or washed away or how they could do penance. And uh, he kind of dropped his... Um, upper garment, like whatever the cloth he was wearing, uh, he dropped that. Uh, it's called a Valkalam, uh, apparently, yeah, and yeah. Uh, he dropped that and the place where it fell, it's called his Varkala. So that's how it derives his name as well. So that's one of the stories. Obviously, there's a couple of other ones that's related to Lord Vishnu and Brahma as well. Um, so really interesting uh, stories as well that I found. I mean, obviously, the beaches are beautiful, but uh, these stories kind of make it a lot more fascinating, right? Uh, so I thought I'd just touch upon that. Um, so yeah, that's how the name... Yeah, in uh -huh. fact, I also... Uh, in fact, I just want to point out that uh, Varkala is called the Banaras of South. So Absolutely. Uh, when you walk around the beaches in the morning, uh, you would see that uh, people have come from far off places, mostly in the South, to uh, perform the last ritual for the family members. And that happens every morning where uh, prayers are being uh, offered to the lost ones. And, uh, you know, I think because of the link to the story, I also saw that people were leaving like the clothes of the uh, the lost ones in the uh, ocean so maybe it has a link to the story of the lord narad yeah absolutely that's what it is and uh, we'll touch upon that it's uh, referred to uh, also as Papanasam, I think uh, that, that's that's one of the other names, which is basically like washing off the sins. Um, yeah, and yeah, right, you yeah, were right, right uh, in calling out that it's called as the Kashi of the South or uh, Dakshin Kashi, right? Uh, because of that virtue, I guess, where people can wash off their sins, uh, similar to yes. how you can do that in the Ganges in Varanasi or Kashi, I guess. So uh, some brilliant uh, historical and uh, um, like other uh, folklore and legends related to Varkala as well. I think that these are the things that uh, make the place and the experience all the more exciting. So just wanted to touch upon them at the beginning. Uh, but yeah, jumping into the, uh, I think the main, main attraction of Varkala, right, is the beaches. So would you want to kind of kick yeah. it off uh, by sharing your experience and uh, your time uh, spent around the beaches in Varkala? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, I had gone, I have gone to Varkala, I think thrice till now. And okay. uh, so there is, yeah, so there is, there are many beautiful beaches in Varkala. It's not just the uh, the cliff beach we've been talking about, 
but uh, there is a mm-hmm. stretch of around uh, four hours of four hours of a stretch where you start off from the Varkala cliff, which is the main uh, spot to be spot in uh, Varkala, and then you walk towards your right. And uh, as you walk, you come across Black Beach, where the sand is totally black, and that that is one of a kind in uh, Kerala. And uh, then then we have Odayam Beach, where yeah. uh, mostly locals would be there. And the sunset from Odayam Beach is again extremely beautiful. Then if you go further, then you have Edawa Beach, which is popular mm-hmm. for uh, if you want to experience the local fishing. Uh, culture because uh, fishermen come in the morning and in the evening to uh, basically do their daily fish uh, catching and earn money out of it and then we have um, the last is the couple beach and the couple lake where you have beach on the one side mm-hmm. and in the middle a very beautiful road and then the other side is a lake and uh, so that's the end spot after the four mm-hmm. hours of a uh, walk so f- uh, if you really love if some you're saying yeah. this is definitely accessible by just by walking right one can do that yeah 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 so uh, one can do that it it's, it will take like 4 to 5 hours depending on the speed and mm-hmm. obviously how many times you stop uh, at each of the beaches and uh, if somebody is not interested in doing so much of uh, work uh, drive can also be taken because it's a beautiful road and the drive is also amazing yeah brilliant and yeah i think uh, just touching upon that as well right uh, Getting around Varkala is also, like I said, it's a very tourist-friendly spot, especially uh, in the past few years, I think, right? So that way, finding like a scooty or a Activa to rent or even a cycle, perhaps, uh, won't be that difficult. So all of those are accessible to get around Varkala. Uh, But let's start off with the Cliff Beach or the Varkala Beach, right? Uh, um, Can you kind of touch upon that a little bit more in terms of uh, your experience visiting the place and... uh, the kind of the kind of scenes you see as well as the if it offers the other activities as well because this is one of the more popular beaches there right 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 so uh, for Varkala Cliff Beach actually when I visited that place five years back I hardly saw anybody okay and uh, it was just like a few mm-hmm. like you mentioned in the beginning that a few international tourists were just getting suntanned and a few shops on the cliff but uh, I happened to visit again Varkala last right before the lockdown sometime in November December last year yeah sometime last year and uh, now i see a lot has changed like you mentioned now it has become a tourist hub and you have so many activities being happening at the workala beach so it is um, it is one of the most awesome spots for surfing in india actually so uh, starting from the beginners to pros you would see everybody crashing the waves mm-hmm. and waves and uh, people taking crash courses for uh, uh, surfing another thing you would also notice and can try is beach yoga so i'd gone to mysore and uh, uh, hatha yoga is very very popular in that side of the world but here mm. in varkala you have beach yoga where you know uh, in the morning and in the evening catching the first rays of the sun by just stretching your body it's it's i think it's an experience in itself so you can also uh, try out beach yoga which is so amazing and apart from that, they've recently started a paragliding as well, where you jump off sure. a cliff, jump off the cliff and uh, do paragliding over the beach shore and see people from the top, you know, like flying a drone. That is also amazing for all the adventure lovers. So these are some of the few popular activities, actually. But uh, in terms of giving mm-hmm. you an idea of how the beach is, so as we discussed in the beginning, that it has a stretch of around, uh, I guess, two kilometers of cliff or maybe more. 
and it is divided into two parts south verkala cliff and north verkala cliff so north verkala cliff is where a lot of uh, homestays are there and um, recently a few hostels have also opened up but south verkala cliff is kind of isolated even now and uh, you would have like countable number of uh, homestays or uh, few pe- just a few places to stay so if you really looking for a peaceful stay choose south verkala cliff to be your mm-hmm. hub but if you want to be between the ground and see basically what's happening around so i think north cliff would be the place but again uh, north cliff has become a bit a bit touristy with uh, cafes and just homestays in every corner possible so sometimes it can, can it, it can get too overwhelming for somebody just looking out for some peace so that's about the kind of uh, atmosphere you would get at the verkala main right. verkala beach and i also want to mention that in terms of cafes and in terms of food places so this cliff is this this beach is where you will have it all starting from uh, is yeah you will have starting from vegan vegan to south indian proper south indian cuisine to uh, mediterranean and uh, also basically any kind of uh, food you want to try out you would get it at sure. the verkala cliff beach yeah definitely and especially like we kind of touched upon it earlier as well given that it's very popular with the international tourists and travelers as well the yeah. options for food and uh, drink are just innumerable right you'll have uh, anything you'd need so that's brilliant and uh, i think either way right um, south cliff north cliff um, wherever you stay uh, there's definitely that aspect that uh, the north cliff might be a little crowded but in terms of the views it just offers some magnificent views right uh, the homestays and the resorts especially the ones um, um, that are closer with a view of the beach um, they give you some brilliant uh, views and uh, i think it's a great great um, option to stay closer to these and uh, even along the coastline i think uh, i mean kerala isn't yeah. like uh, short on the coastline right it has i think more than 500 kilometers on coastline and uh, also to quickly uh, just touch upon right the uh, cliff formations i believe this is the only place in kerala right only uh, i mean kerala has a number of beaches but uh, this is the only beach in kerala that uh, has these cliffs so that right. way also it kind of makes that experience very unique um now obviously there's places uh, like other places you might have um, a couple of them in uh, goa like vagator or uh, arambol and places like that that have these cliffs but uh, yeah very unique to kerala so definitely but those are very uh, you know those are very smaller ones like maybe yeah. a few meters but the uh, cliffs in verkala are much higher in terms of height and uh, in terms of the stretch also and uh, you can't even compare it with the cliffs you would see in goa yeah exactly yeah. um so brilliant and uh, just touching upon while we are at the varkala beach right uh, we kind of uh, spoke briefly about um it also being like very significant for uh, as a yeah. very holy place right people come there to give away the ashes to the sea uh, right of the closed ones yeah. and you said even clothes and stuff like that uh, believe this is um, also a connection to the janardan swami temple right which is not far away from the no, south no, no. cliff so it is just few meters away from the cliff and in fact i was about to mention the uh, mention a uh, thing which i would say that everybody should do that get up in the morning and take a walk starting from wherever you are staying till the end of the cliff which would be mm-hmm. like end of the south cliff because as you walk past you would see uh, the obviously the morning workout by being done by people a lot of athletes are there in the kerala so you would see that and then you would also see uh, prayers being performed in janardan swami mm-hmm. temple 
and morning aarti if you're getting up too early and uh, just so that whole morning walk would be an amazing thing to do yeah and uh, quite the contrast also right like you said there's the usual early morning beach goers and there's also the pilgrims who come there or uh, visit uh, pay a visit to the temple and uh, visit the beach after so uh, offers quite a contrast as well and uh, yeah that's where the significance uh, it's also known as the papanasam beach uh, like we mentioned earlier on that uh, it's supposed to wash away your sins it roughly translate papanasam uh, roughly translates to that same thing uh, so brilliant now having spent some time at um, Varkala beach right where would you suggest uh, we go on next in terms of the beaches so right a uh, few minutes away from varkala main cliff beach let's just call it cliff beach we have a black beach so uh, mm-hmm. again that's very special because for me i had never seen a black beach i'd only heard of uh, black beaches in ireland and how magnificent and beautiful they look but it happened just by chance that i was walking past uh, in that direction mm-hmm. and as we walked further we saw that it was the sand was really black in color and uh, it was one of a kind experience and uh, if you go early in the morning over there again you would see uh, surfing classes happening at the black beach because it's little further away from like you know the main spot so uh, that space is kind of dedicated to surfers seeing a black beach is an experience in itself i feel so uh, you can spend some time over there and it has uh, it is uh, further away from the crowd and the lights are beautiful at uh, black beach because when the golden light falls on the black beach it shimmers and it looks amazing yeah that's brilliant and apparently it's chemical or uh, this one called as thorium oxide due to which the color of the black. beach is uh, kind of black the color of the sand is black um, but yeah again very uh, like different beaches uh, just like you said it's not too far away from the varkala cliff beach right and uh, you see still uh, and despite of that you see so, so much difference in uh, in terms of um, how different the sand is and it's much less uh, crowded also that way i think uh, for the, those of us who are um, looking at some solitude and uh, a quieter place i guess black beach would be uh, definitely a better option uh, right uh, that's brilliant and uh, also like uh, while we are uh, mentioning that it's not too uh, difficult in terms of beach hopping right uh, for lack of a better word you can yeah, yeah, literally yeah. just walk from beach to beach um w- what time of the year would be better because uh, i know kerala and uh, south india can get humid during the summers hot and humid during the summers right uh, what time of the year would you suggest is a good time to visit varkala oh man varkala gets extremely hot in the summer season and it can go as high as the temperature could be as high as i think 45 degrees or something and also humid because it is di- right by the sea so the best time to go varkala or any part of kerala for that matter would be sometime starting from uh, november till uh, end of february monsoon also some people like you know to see the rain and uh, but but monsoon in kerala are getting uh, tough to tackle because of the global warming and flood uh, scenes happening almost every monsoon so the best time to visit kerala and varkala would be uh, december november right. end to february end okay brilliant um cool now just moving on from the black beach right uh, where, which one was the next one on the trail oh the next one is called odayam beach and this okay. one is uh, i like this one because of the sunset i saw at this beach and it is actually to be honest not so different than uh, black beach just that the sand is not that black but uh, it is located mm-hmm. in a place where you could just directly see, you could see the sun actually getting dipped in the ocean the horizon 
and uh, for that i really for for that particular moment i really love the odm beach and again it is further you need to walk a further few uh, kilometers from the black beach which is possible to walk uh, some places you would be crossing the town and uh, Uh, then you will come to the Odayam beach, and I say that if if I mean like if somebody really loves sun sunrises and sunset as much as I do, uh, Odayam beach would be the f- perfect place to see the last light of the day. <laughs> okay, brilliant, brilliant, and um, kind of uh, I mean we touched upon the sunset here, but in terms of uh, perhaps. getting a drive right um, what i saw yeah. from your blog post and by the way it's a brilliant brilliant blog post uh, goes into quite um, a comprehensive level of detail covering of uh, kerala and varkala uh, i loved the picture the aerial shots of um, i think it was the couple lake and the couple beach right uh, this is the one that's beach on one side yeah. and the lake or the estuary on the other side that's the one right Yes, that yeah. is the one. So that comes after a uh, few other beaches. Uh, so basically, see, Kerala, okay. the Varkala is on the coast. So every corner is a beach, yeah. and just that a few <laughs> corners have been explored by people. Few corners have been explored, but not yet named. So maybe a traveler can go, and what they like about that place, they can just name it or take the local name. So each corner in Varkala is a beach, and each one is amazing, beautiful, offers a different kind of an experience in itself. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about the Kapil Lake and the beach, right? Because again, yeah. uh, I sound a little repetitive, but <laughs> this is also very different from what we have spoken of the two or three beaches yeah, we've spoken right. of uh, in the past few minutes, right? Would you like to call out uh, like the unique uh, features of the beach? Yeah, so it's very, very different than whatever beaches we have spoken about in law, like the cliff one or the black sand beach, because Kapil Beach is like. you have lake uh, on one side you have of the road you have lakes with coconut trees and the other side is beach and there is no end to the road you know you mm-hmm. keep driving both the sides you have water bodies one is the ocean another one is a lake with the coconut trees and that that was something i i mean i had seen uh, water bo- bodies on both sides different places so i mean like yeah water bo- bodies on both the sides but couple lake is something uh, where you could just stop and uh, do kayaking as well and that makes it really um, uh, a good spot for all the adventure lovers and you uh, mm-hmm. you can stop anywhere on the road and you would not find anything over there because it's again far from varkala and uh, just the local uh, vehicles would be driving on the road and uh, stop over there watch the coconut falling from the coconut trees or which uh, is the boatman uh, taking mm-hmm. their boats in the uh, the lake we spoke about and uh, just enjoy the moment yeah i think uh, especially for uh, all of these um, drone lovers right who love to fly drones and get beautiful aerial shots uh, this one is perhaps a perfect uh, spot to go and capture some um, stunning visuals from the top uh, like you said it's like lined by coconut trees on one side and there's a lake um, basically on one side of the road and the other side is the beach so that way gives some uh, really great shots and uh, yeah there is options available for uh, people who want to indulge in uh, either a boat ride or kayaking and stuff like that uh, so there is the adventure aspect of it as well if you want to go just beyond uh, say walking around yeah. the beach a lot of variety in a short span right uh, like we have covered off just walking or uh, driving there's uh, so much different um, in terms of the different kind of beaches you can um, cover off in varkala uh, now quickly moving on from the beaches was there any any other beach yeah so uh, just just want to mm-hmm. highlight 
yeah i just want to highlight that you know at the kapil uh, lake in that stretch there is a place where uh, uh, a railway s- uh, bridge has been constructed okay so uh, you can also see you know train passing by from the middle of the lake and mm-hmm. uh, so you, i mean it's quite far off you can't wave at the people but i mean you know seeing a uh, train going through the lake and it was good so that can also be seen if somebody is interested in spotting a train from the lake yeah definitely all around kerala i think right uh, these uh, beautiful visuals and sights it's like right out of a storybook so <laughs> would you'd like to uh, imagine visuals of a ideal town or ideal village or the countryside in a storybook that's how um, i always i mean yeah that's how kerala is like beautiful at every yeah. every nook and corner right so there's brilliant uh, any any other beaches or um, lakes that you'd like to call out um, uh, i mean like no we have covered uh, most of it but there is another small beach called idawa beach which we discussed briefly in the start so that beach is mostly where you will find locals and local fishermen and sure. uh, so yeah local fishermen so they come and uh, in the morning and in the evening time you would see them catching fishes and mostly it is where you would find locals and no tourists and uh, that's unique thing about it like if you'd want to see the local life and experience the kerala way of life i think idawa beach would be the one you should hit okay brilliant brilliant so that's um, like the offering of uh, different kind of beaches that uh, varkala has uh for anybody who's traveling there uh, i think the interesting thing and the great thing is that varkala is not just about beaches right even though from the exterior it might appear that um, beaches kind of take away uh the limelight uh, there's a couple of other things as well uh, that you've covered off uh, from your experience there uh, where do you want to start off with uh, perhaps the uh, important temples the couple of important temples that varkala has nisho Yeah so we uh, I mean like yeah so we need mostly people go to Varkala for like 2 3 days just to take a break from the city life and uh, honestly 2 3 mm-hmm. days are just kind of enough to chill by the beach and uh, not a lot of people do explore the other side right. of Kerala so uh, other side of Varkala so uh, we spoke quite a lot about beaches but honestly Varkala has a couple of other things to do which which is like uh, the temples of it so mm-hmm. we spoke about Janardhan Swami temple already and then there is another temple uh, on a small island known as Golden Island okay. or Ponumuthuruthu i mean like for, uh, <laughs> in the local local language so this temple is basically uh, in the middle of a small island where you take a boat ride a small ferry and it will be a ride of around 20 minutes from the uh, side of the road mm-hmm. to reach the temple and it's a very very small temple nothing so uh, grand about it but uh, the 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 history part of it is interesting where uh, the temple is only open for hindus and uh, you know dedicated to shiva and parvati and being told that uh, okay. they came to this place to in time terms of finding solas and uh, that is why it is famous between the local people and then they go to this temple to get their wish granted mhm interesting very interesting yeah. and yeah uh, this is situated on the golden island is uh, what yeah. you said right uh, it's uh, yeah, another it's- i think uh, just off of uh, not too far away from varkala as uh, you can take a boat ride there like you said and uh, anjengo lake apparently is where this is situated and uh, pretty popular or pretty crowded during the times of shivratri otherwise it's pretty off beat like yeah. you mentioned right uh, famous for that uh, shiva parvati temple uh, and uh, actually dates back to 
think a few hundred years also, right? Uh, so that way, it's uh, another significant one beyond the temple we spoke about earlier, which is the Janardhan Swami temple. But yeah, Janardhan Swami temple is much, much older. Uh, some can't say that it's um, like over 2,000 years old. So, 2,000 years old, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So some uh, really important uh, temples in Varkala as well, if you want to... Uh, take a quick detour from your beach yeah. itinerary and uh, you want to indulge in uh, some of the local temples um, and um, in a spiritual experience. It's, I think it's a great opportunity. And uh, just in terms of architecture as well, right? Um, I find that Kerala temples, they're very different, right? From the rest of South Indian temples, if you see, they're like not as grand, but uh, very, very elegant and simple, right? Um, so that yeah, way it's so very... Yeah, so you won't find... Uh-huh. Uh, you won't find you won't find huge gopuram as you would see exactly. in the Tamil Nadu or uh, Karnataka side of temples. So smaller in size, but uh, 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 kind of large area, but not much of architectural construction. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, very typical of the Kerala style of yeah. architecture also, I think, with those sloped roofs and uh, they're like uh, usually rectangular uh, shaped and uh, like I said, the sloped yeah. tiled roofs, etc. Uh, I think uh, they're also kind of built, keeping in mind the kind of weather also, right? Uh, like heavy rains most of the, yeah, the time, etc. So, right. yeah, very different and um, very, very elegant, like I said. So definitely make it a point to uh, visit, uh, especially the Janardhan Swami temple. It's believed to be like really, really holy and significant as well, uh, like we discussed earlier on. Um, and uh, the Shiva Parvati temple is another uh, example of a smaller shrine, but uh, quite significant. Um, the one other little um, bit I found about temples was uh, this area called as uh, Sivagiri, right, um, Nishu? That's uh, probably another spot to uh, kind of visit if interested as well. Yeah, yeah so that is another uh, spot for very famous between the locals. And it is not dedicated to any uh, specific god as such but to uh, one of the local gurus and uh, right. people mostly go whoever is following that guru so they would go to this temple and uh, again it is not much away from the beach around five to six kilometer from the main cliff beach yeah exactly sri narayana guru apparently is the social reformer and philosopher like he's uh, called out and um, yeah. he is believed to have uh, attained enlightenment in this place and uh, that's why it's pretty significant and uh, a lot of devotees like you said right uh, visit here and uh, there's um, apparently like a festival also that happens where um, there's a lot more in terms of um, crowds attending but another option like uh, for the spiritual ones uh, you can definitely check out these uh, different temples as well Um, now quickly uh, changing track and uh, moving on to a few other places of interest right within Varkala like we said it's not just about the beaches Uh, if you want to indulge in uh, other things there's a couple of other options as well Um, I saw that you covered off the Anjengo fort and lighthouse as well right Nishu would you like to share that experience yeah sure Uh, so um, I was not expecting a fort in uh, Varkala because uh, uh, I mean I was I just uh-huh. like others I also thought it's only about beaches but there is a fort which is built by British called Anjengo Fort and basically they had built it uh, like a uh, like a controlling place where from where they would see what is happening around the sea and kind of control the entire area and uh, so today if you see in terms of construction uh, when we think about fort, we think about the large palaces of Rajasthan. But uh, in South India, we don't, I mean, at least the Anjengo fort is not of that kind. 
and uh, it is it is today it is uh, like a, a brick structure right. um, from where you could just see the house and could see the seashore Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, uh, apparently this one, right? Uh, like you said, it's not massive like uh, some of the other forts. Uh, yeah, leave alone Rajasthan. Even some of the bigger forts um, you find, uh, you find uh, further down south or uh, even in Karnataka for that matter. Uh, this was apparently started off like a storage facility by um, the early Portuguese who came there, right? Uh, obviously, they came there first. So they kind of built that initial structure after which the uh, East India Company, right? They kind of took over and uh, this is believed to be the first... first trading post set up by uh, the east yeah the east india company as well so quite significant that way um, right first post uh, trading post in kerala and uh, goes dates back to like 1680s or something um, so that way it's uh, quite dated as well in terms of uh, the lighthouse right did you get a chance to go up there uh, to the lighthouse So unlucky, I was unlucky. You know what happened? Uh, lighthouse opens for the general public during a specific hour, which is three p.m. to five p.m. only. Right. And I was there at around two o'clock, and I had seen the fort, and uh, you know I didn't want to wait for an hour to just go inside the lighthouse. So I could not see the lighthouse from inside, mm-hmm. but uh, outside, you know, uh, it was unlike like a very similar structure what you have in the Kovalam. but what is more i mean like i am uh, interesting about this uh, lighthouse is that the structure the stairs it has like 250 uh, stairs inside and if you see the stairs from the top it gives a brilliant uh, i mean like a marvelous architecture to kind of look right. at the stairs going all around and the pictures at least the pictures i have seen are so good that they're giving me yeah. another reason to go to varkala <laughs> definitely one more reason right to go back to varkala and yeah you're right and especially uh, just the way the situated right uh, like we spoke even earlier about the kapil beach it gives some great view so even this uh, lighthouse it offers a great view um, of the beach on one side and the town on the other side so right. if you get a chance definitely do make it a point to uh, pay a visit but uh, yeah do watch out for the timings it opens up only for a limited amount of time so you might want to um, consider that as well while making that trip um, now the other kind of thing um i found really uh, interesting was um, this little tunnel called as the varkala tunnel right uh, nishu in the in the vicinity as well yeah right do you want to touch upon that yeah but you know the thing the sad part is that the tunnel right now is not operating and uh, it has not been take given good care by the authorities so right now if you see it has just become a place where uh, people dump the waste and uh, what i had heard last mm-hmm. was that people are kind of cleaning that space to make the tunnel again operating uh, so once it is operating i'm sure it would be an amazing uh, place to visit because you would pass through the tunnels between the backwaters and uh, connecting which connects it down and it will be great thing to see but for now it is un, uh, it is not operating and it was constructed by uh, british people again to kind of uh, take the i mean the carry the goods exactly exactly so built in the 1800s late 1800s apparently and uh, during the time of uh, the rajas of travancore right uh, that's when it was built yeah. uh, like you said to carry around uh, people and goods and uh, back in the day this used to connect trivandrum and uh, kollam apparently right which is like not too far away um, that way yeah, i'm just hoping that uh, last even i read that um, they are thinking about uh, making this operational so there is a big project that is uh, set up and being 
led by Ishridharan, right? The say, the famous uh, engineer who kind of uh, played an important role in um, setting up the metro system in India, yeah. uh, starting with the Delhi metro and everything. So um, they're doing this. So uh, looks like it's in safe hands. Uh, one can only. Uh, Keep your fingers crossed and hope that uh, this becomes operational as well. And yeah, just like uh, even in terms of uh, historical significance, right? Uh, dating back to the 1800s and something that was, uh, yeah, built back in the day, like it surely was an engineering marvel. So it would be great to kind of experience that um, and uh, uh, hope that it becomes operational soon. Uh, so yeah, like I said, little tidbits of um, history and uh, a lot of different things also, right? Uh, how the locals were, how the influence of the, first the Portuguese and then the British coming here was. So all of that kind of uh, adds to the story of Varkala, right? It's not just about the beaches, like we're telling it again and again. So those were some of the um, items like I found really interesting and um, I really enjoyed covering through your blog. And uh, like I called out earlier as well, the blog is really comprehensive. And uh, for somebody looking to travel to Varkala, travel to Kerala, uh, it offers some uh, really uh, straightforward uh, and simple insights into what one should consider while making a trip and making that trip worthwhile. Uh, any other places of interest in uh, Varkala that uh, we could not touch upon, or uh, you could not touch upon, and uh, would like to touch on the uh, would like to visit in the future? Uh, so no, no, mostly these places only. But uh, I mean, I would want to give more time to the place and see the backwater side more because my trip last trip was last two three trips were dedicated mostly to the beaches and uh, to the uh, history side of it, but. Backwater is something I want to explore furthermore because I'm sure that there are many mm-hmm. hidden spots and uh, secret places which are just known to the locals. So I want to hire a bike and just roam around the interiors of Varkala and explore the Varkala town as well. Brilliant. We will look out for that post in the future. Hopefully uh, you get to make that trip and uh, all of us, right? Uh, right now we are um, kind of falling back on virtual travel uh, in these difficult times. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed that the day is not far away when uh, we can start traveling again and enjoying the bounty of nature and uh, just the beautiful places and the history and the stories that the places in uh, India and Kerala in this instance has to offer. Um, in terms of uh, listeners and readers keeping in touch with your work and uh, reaching out to you how would you suggest uh, is the best way Nishu? Yeah so uh, I'm quite active on Instagram like most of the youth I guess so uh, just just hit me up on Instagram I will reply to your message or maybe uh, like if you want to read a specific blog on places I visited which is mostly Southeast Asian countries and India so uh, just drop me a message or a comment on any of the blogs. I will reach out to you. And I'm also there on Pinterest. If you, if some of you use Pinterest actively, so I can be connected over there as well. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, like we called out at the beginning, all of the links to um, Nishu's blog, which is standtravelgirl.com, as well as her social media handles will be there in the show notes. So that way listeners and uh, readers can... Um, have a ready reckoner right to check out Nishu's work and yeah I would definitely definitely recommend checking out uh, especially the bits on Kerala and Nishu has a brilliant post on Hampi as well which is really really comprehensive covering of both the traditional side of Hampi as well as the hippie town of Hampi right so do check it out Um, and yeah we look forward to your future travels and uh, keeping in touch hope to have you back on the podcast very soon. Thank you so much. I also look forward to traveling again very soon after the lockdown and uh, 
talking to you guys after that thank you so much nishu yeah thanks a lot that was yet another great episode of the bosafer stories if you guys like the show please subscribe to us on itunes or apple podcasts savan pocket casts castbox stitcher or any other podcasting app available on ios or android please do leave us a review on itunes it goes a long way in the show's discoverability you can also follow us on facebook twitter or instagram we go by the handle the musafir stories or if it suits you you could email us at the musafir stories at gmail.com or visit our website at www.themusafirstories.com for more information all of these links will be made available in the show notes section of each episode so here's to more traveling sharing and inspiring stay tuned for our next episode until then happy travels and goodbye Discount Tire has just made tire shopping easier. Their touchless experience allows you to buy tires and book your appointment online. Then when you drive in, you can stay safely inside your car as the tires are installed. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of.